Welcome to Canny Cross Conversations with me, Michelle. And me, Louise, talking all things dogs, running and canny sports. This episode is sponsored by the Get Stronger Run a Faster 5K course. It's great for canny crossers and runners to improve their 5K time and keep up with their dogs. Have you ever thought about doing an ultramarathon with your dog? Or what about if you've not got a dog? Have you ever thought about borrowing a dog to do an ultramarathon? In today's episode, we chatted to Ellie Coleman. She's done quite a few marathons and ultras. Um, She doesn't have a dog of her own. She's borrowed first her mum's dog to start Canny Cross. And she's just completed the first ever ultramarathon that's solely for Canny Cross runners um, with a borrowed dog. Um, And we had a really interesting chat with her about how that all works and you know, she gave us loads of tips on running ultras. Has she inspired you, Louise, to give it a go? Well, yes and no. <laughs> <laughs> Just because I'm absolutely shattered at the moment, so I'm thinking no. But um, no, it was actually really interesting. Um, and I will keep an eye. I'm more interested in the 15-mile uh, one, but not this year. But maybe maybe it's something to aim for. But we've got so many people, haven't we, that have been doing longer distances with their dogs um that it's it's nice to to sort of talk to people that have been doing it and uh, find out as you say all the tips and the um the things that they've come across that they've been able to tell us it is uh, ellie makes it all sound really accessible and really relaxed um so do give this episode a listen we've got all the links in the show notes for you if you are interested um, and any any more questions you've got about ultras that you'd like us to find out, we can get some more experts on and have a chat to them. So do let us know what you think. But for now, here's the episode. Give it a listen and enjoy. Hello, welcome to this episode of Canny Cross Conversations. Today, we're joined by Ellie, who's recently run an ultramarathon with a Husky Cross Blue at the first ever ultramarathon solely for Canny Cross runners in the UK. We're really excited to chat to Ellie today. Hi, Ellie. Hi. Thanks for joining us. Would you like to tell us a little bit more about yourself? Thank you. Yeah. Um, so I am Ellie. I live um, near the New Forest. So I do a lot of trail running in the New Forest in Dorset. Um, I kind of got into running quite a, quite a few years ago, but um, it, I never really enjoyed it. I think I started when I was kind of early 20s um, and it was very much like about weight and needing to do something for exercise and more around weight and not really enjoying it. Um, and then probably in the last kind of six years, I had a big change. I lived up in Leeds um, and had like a relationship breakdown. Um, and from that, I was kind of, I didn't really know anyone outside of that. So I was up in Leeds and I thought I'm going to have to start doing more stuff on my own, kind of to meet people. So that's when I really got into running. Um, I joined a running club, which I'd never wanted to join before. That was too scary. That was too yeah. um, that was that was for real runners and I wasn't a real runner so I joined the running club um and then through that I became a run leader and got involved with this girl Cam campaign there oh yeah um, so I remember that oh yeah yeah and then through that I started doing couch to 5k groups for women in Leeds so I did that for like three years um and then I sort of yeah through that I started then doing more races and I did my first marathon as my like bucket list I'm going to tick this off um something that I never thought I'd be able to do but I was like I'm, I'm going to do it I'm going to really push myself so that's kind of how I got into running and then ticked it off as my bucket list and then after that it was like oh 
what shall I do next? Oh, (laughs) (laughs) so how did Canny Cross come about then from that? I mean, that sounds like a real, like exciting introduction to running, really. You seem to have crammed a lot in there with run leading as well. So where did Canny Cross fit in then? So then sort of like COVID obviously hit um, and I was up in Leeds and it, yeah, it felt like really far away from my family. Um, I had a new niece that was born during um, the very early stages of the pandemic. Um, So then when we were able to kind of move around again and I sort of came home, I thought, oh, I want to come home now. Um, So when I was coming home, I was really nervous, kind of the transition from living in Leeds, which... There was loads of running clubs, loads of stuff on all the time. And coming back to the town that I live in, which is really small and there's not loads of stuff happening. Um, So I kind of started looking for things that I'd be able to do in the new forest. Um, And Canny Cross was one of the things that came up. I'd always run with my parents' dogs when I used to come home in the holidays and things. Um, But I hadn't come across Canny Cross, so they just used to free run on the forest. Um, so yeah, I sort of researched um, and found two, there was two kind of local groups originally, uh, Valhalla and New Forest. So I looked at those and then um, started started running with those when I came home. Um, oh, wow. My parents had a little terrier cross, so she was actually nine. <laughs> um, so she was very late to start Canny Cross uh-huh. um, and really tiny, but she absolutely loved it. So it was unfortunate because when I moved home was like the Christmas before we had kind of the final lockdown. So we went to, I think we only went to like one group and then we went back into lockdown again. So oh. then I kind of had a lockdown where I'd moved home and I didn't really, I had like a few friends that I'd had, you know, since college, but I didn't really know anyone. So I was out and the dog kept me going through lockdown and we did, there was lots of kind of challenges and things within the group, kind of virtual ones that we did. So we did that for however long it was, three three or four months before we could go back to running together again. So, uh, yeah. So then, and, and terriers are actually faster than you think, aren't they? Because we, yes. we run with one, uh, <laughs> I don't personally, but she's a little pocket rocket. She's amazing. Yeah, she's she's definitely very much like she she tried to keep up with all the uh, bigger dogs, but she was tiny and she was obviously quite old as well to start Caddy Cross. Um, but she absolutely, like, she loved it. So we did it... Um, for a couple of months up until kind of it came into the, nearly the summer um, and then she wasn't very well um, and she had lots of investigations and then they found out that she had um, sort of a heart condition um, that was like a congenital thing that she had that had developed so unfortunately then she had to retire early which was a shame because she'd only she'd done like we'd done one race that she really loved and she was yeah she was really getting into it and she got really like fit in the few months yeah. that we were doing it so um yeah it's a shame so she had to retire um and the prognosis was really poor at the time like they thought that she maybe only had sort of a few months but she's still she's still going now so she's doing really well like really probably two years later so she's done really well so then I was kind of um between dogs <laughs> <laughs> because the the community is really nice so lots of people obviously have more than one dog so I was really lucky I got to run with different people's dogs they'd let me borrow them and things so that was really nice so how did you cope with Kit though because obviously they're probably different sized dogs and things like that yeah so um I so I'd obviously bought um Kit the Millie at the time and had my own belt and things um and then yeah so we have sort of like a kit bag within in the clubs they tend to have sort of a bag of their kit 
Um, so yeah, and then people obviously who had a couple of dogs usually had their own kit. So you're kind of borrowing, borrowing, <laughs> borrowing. Oh, right, okay. Borrowing yeah. So they were, were canny cross dogs that you were borrowing, basically. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought it'd just be some random, you know, neighbor's dog. <laughs> no, I do. I do try that though. Often people will be like, "Oh, I've got a dog. <laughs> like, <laughs> you think I'd like to go to canny cross?" <laughs> I try to encourage my best friend. They've talked about getting a dog, and I'm like, it'd be really good because I can look after it and take it to Candy Cross. <laughs> <laughs> so, so tell us about Blue, um, what he is, and uh, how how you sort of got to run with him. Yeah. So Blue, um, yeah. So he's a husky crossover Malinois. Um, so kind of an interesting combination of dogs. Um, and he he just he loves being out. Um, he does lots of exercise. So his owners are my friends. They um do loads with him. Um Mike, one of his owners, is training for London Marathon at the moment, and he ran London in October. So Blue was used to kind of doing all that kind of training with him, and they go out on the bikes and all sorts of stuff together. So yeah, he has a very active life. Um He's got lots of fans. <laughs> He's a big, big, cuddly family dog. Um, but yeah, they were away on holiday. And one of my other friends was uh, looking after him. And I just um, was like, oh, I hadn't actually met him at the time, but said, would, would he like to go running? Would he like to go to Halicross? Um, So they were like, yeah, he'd absolutely love that. <laughs> he loves other dogs, loves running. Um, so I went to meet him on the Saturday, the day before we had kind of our group run. Um, didn't really realise how big he was, sort of like <laughs> over 40 kilograms. Oh, so wow. it was a big change from going like this Patterdale cross that I was running with to him. Uh, but I took him for a little run. It was just like there, there wasn't any other dogs there and he was super chilled out. <laughs> so I thought, oh, this is great. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, the next day we went to the group run. Um, and I was like, oh, this is a bit different, uh, but very exciting. Um, and my friend, she uh, she was like, I'm going to run ahead and call him, give you a good run. <laughs> so we had a couple of runs downhill and some deer popped out. And I was like, this is, <laughs> I'm not sure if I like this or not. Oh, wow. <laughs> very, very different from, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, Terrier. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, and then from that, his um, his owners sort of said, "Oh, you know, whenever you want to borrow him, like you can." But I still was like, "Oh, I can't just sort of keep keep borrowing him." But I said, "You know, we run quite regularly in the evenings, and then we normally have a weekend run." Um, but and it just it's just ended up now. I run two evenings a week with him, and once at the weekend, and then we do lots of races as well. But yeah, it works out really well for them because they've got um, they do lots of clubs they've got two children that do different clubs and things so whenever whenever they need someone to take the dog out I take him out and then in the holidays um I go and stay with them as well so it's kind of it's oh, a perfect relationship really like lovely. yeah and I bet he gets really excited when he sees you it's like this yeah. is a good time yeah I get to go out and have some fun so was Blue used to canny crossing already no so he hadn't done canny cross um he did a lot of they sort of like free ran him a lot um and then they had kind of a waist belt but not like really a canny cross one so um he mainly because they live like near the forest he doesn't he did a lot of free running before that so yeah he hadn't um he hadn't canny crossed before so uh it was all kind of new to him so yeah it's definitely been I mean he took to it I guess being being a husky he took to it kind yeah. of straight away um but it's definitely it's a learning curve I think so, yeah we've been running together for about 18 months now and so I think did you 
Sorry, because because I'm going to ask this question again when we talk about your ultramarathon <laughs> training. But did you um, build him up slowly in the harness? Although he's obviously going able to run long distances, did you take time building him up into the harness and and sort of do five k's with him and things? Yeah. So yeah, we would do um, most of the evening ones. We do um, particularly through the winter. They tend to be sort of between sort of three miles to five miles so we used to do those ones quite regularly um and then at the weekend we'd maybe do kind of a 10k to start with um and then the first race we did we built up we did a like a 12 mile race which um I, t- I took him to that and we're on the start line and I just I'd never seen him like it's quite um apart from when it's a race or when it's a very fast run he's he's very quiet and can he looks very chilled um and taking him to this first race and he was like off the ground on all fours jumping up and down I was like wow. oh, I'm done <laughs> and was, was that was that a to- was that a complete canicross race or was it a mixed race it was a mixed race um but it had like a separate canicross start so okay. it was, um it was in like Somerset so there was uh, quite a few people from County Cross Somerset that we um, met then. Yeah. But yeah, it was, um, yeah. And having never experienced, like I'd taken Millie to a race before, um, but obviously her being tiny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She barked a lot and I was, it was fine. <laughs> so yeah, taking him, it was like a, a big, a big change. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, my dog got a black lab and Pickle, she uh, she gets really excited now. I think they know, and, and he probably gets even more excited now, doesn't he, in races? Because, yeah, they know exactly what they've got to do and they just, like, um, want to go. So how did you how did you train for the ultramarathon? Because we have this a lot. We've, we've got, we've had, like, um, Duncan with Dizzy on, haven't we, the Dalmatian, Dizzy the Dot, who's done half marathons and stuff. But I think we're really interested in in your mm-hmm. training to 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 get that ultra marathon yeah so we um so it wasn't our his first ultra marathon so we did um a few so last year i kind of set myself a challenge um i think kind of post covid and there not being events and things on i run a couple of marathons towards the end of the year before um that were kind of close together and i was like oh i'm gonna try um i'm gonna try and do one a month <laughs> Wow. As you do. I said to everyone, I was like, my theory is if I do one a month, then the training in between, I only need to do kind of like a a mid-distance one to kind of tick over in between. Um, So I think, I'm trying to think what kind of race we've done. So I guess we've probably done, he'd done a 12-mile race at that point. Um, And then we built up to, we did Stonehenge Stomp last January which is, um, it's like from the Long Distance Walkers Association. So it's very like relaxed in terms of like cutoffs and things. So you, you could walk a lot of it. Um, so we kind of built up to that and we must have done, I think we did sort of like an 18 mile training run over the Christmas period. Um, and then we did Stonehenge Stomp um, in the end of January. So he did that. Um, so yeah, we just kind of, I, I do sort of the same training that I do for myself so we just kind of added a few miles each time we went out on the longer runs and he was quite used to running that kind of distance anyway because he used to go out with his owner um 
for London and he's been doing that this year as well and they they run a lot faster than I do <laughs> so but, but inter- Ellie what I was uh, what I'm interested in because I'm walking the southwest coast path at the moment with um with pickle and we're doing it in stages so we do three days at a time and I can trek her because she'll be over the cliff otherwise yeah, <laughs> But the two times I've had real problems with her in that because she's she pulls like a trooper that we've actually I've, I've had problems with her back um, because she's pulling, you know, she's pulling from the hind legs. And I wonder if he's a puller, how he's coped with the long distances in harness, because free running is fine, isn't it? Because they're going yeah. to place they can stop but if they're constantly in that. Did you have any problems with? No, I think I think he definitely after we did Stonehenge Stop, which was the first long distance one he'd done in harness, um, he was a bit stiff the next day, which, um, yeah, and I think, yeah, because he hasn't done one of that distance, he'd done up to, yeah, probably about 18 miles before in the harness. So he was stiff, but he, um, I'd say he he's quite different now as well, because I think his fitness is, he, I mean, he's always been very fit. <laughs> uh, but now, like the one we did, last weekend he was out in front like for the whole of the race wow um, and he's not stiff at all like it's not yeah it hasn't even like touched him basically <laughs> so, so you don't do like, any you don't do any conditioning with him like sort of core conditioning and stuff with him to keep him strong I don't know no he just yeah he does yeah he does a lot of running with them they go out on the bikes and things with him um, but no, he has. I don't. He doesn't do anything kind of specific. Um, in the summer, we he does swimming and things a lot. Um, and we started doing paddleboarding last year as well in the summer. So <laughs> he does a mixture of activities. But yeah, we haven't done anything specific. Um, but he's yeah. He apart from kind of the beginning of last year, I think he was a bit stiff when we kind of started out. Um, now I think yeah he's obviously his fitness is um, kind of changed he's done a lot more like distance racing in harness um, and yeah he did have he injured himself back in sort of September time but that was actually free running they think he ran off and maybe like tweaked something and he had to have he had sort of uh, about two weeks off because he'd hurt his leg at the time um, and he was miserable. Like even when it's like after his leg was okay, he was just like a bit depressed. But I think that was because he was missing out on going out running. Yeah. They do say that, don't they? What was it we yeah. had Sophie on? It was we? Sophie when we were talking about physio actually, and she was saying that actually canny cross dogs experience fewer injuries um, just because we could, yeah, we can control them more. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Yeah. So yeah, well, he's got the best of both worlds, really. He has. Oh, what, kit, that. what kit do you use with him? What kit? Um, so we run, he has a non-stop harness um, and I use non-stop belt. Um, so yeah, we've been using that uh, for about a year and then I actually became a brand ambassador for them um, before Christmas. Um, and they were great. They sent us loads of kit for our club. So we got loads of different sizes of harnesses uh, for for people to try out so that's been really helpful um because yeah we've got from like a size two harness through to a size nine harness now so we've got kind of all, all shapes sizes of dog that we can um get people to come and try now so that's been really good um but yeah yeah he's been in a non-stop harness which works for him because he's a big pull, pulling dog yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting, isn't it, with all the all the different different brands. Pickles use that, but she's now in an Arctic Wolf um, crossback, I think it is now. Um, but yeah, but it is just interesting. And I think the harness because pickle pulls so hard. I reckon the the um, I think she's always had a bit of a tendency for back issues. So um, yeah, it's quite it is quite interesting that yeah. he's done absolutely fine. I wonder if it's like breed depending on the breed as yeah, well. Yeah, might be. Yeah, um, I know my friend's got a lab, and I think he's got some. He's like done cranny cross, and now he's kind of retired, but he does a little bit here and there. But I know he's got some um, back issues as well. Mm. Yeah, that's it. So tell us a bit more about the ultramarathon then, the actual day, because it was the very first one, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So it was the first, um, the first one we've done that's just for dogs. Um, and that was really nice. Um, there was before the actual day, there was like a Facebook group that everyone that was in it was in. And that was kind of really good because there was all kind of the um, John who organised it, put all the information in there about kit and things. And then people would ask questions about trainers and training and fueling and all that kind of stuff as well. So you kind of felt like you knew lots of people before you went anyway. <laughs> so oh, That's good. Chat to them through that. and. Uh, some people kind of organized to meet up and do training so that was really nice um yeah and then on the day um originally so I think there was there was probably about 140 dogs I think so there's a few people who were running with two dogs um I think they said there was 138 dogs but then yeah there was a few people that had a couple of dogs so originally it was meant to be a mass start which I was um quite worried about yeah (laughs) So then it actually got changed. It was into waves, which was really good. So we went in the first wave because uh, we've just found, yeah, the less waiting we have to do, the better. So we mm. got to go off in the first wave, which was really good. Um, and it was really, it was like the calmest start we've done. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was good. So I think, yeah, obviously blue doesn't really differentiate between whether we're doing like a 5K race or a 30 mile race. Um. <laughs> <laughs> the same enthusiasm <laughs> so um but yeah it went we had to sort of like cross the road to start with and then it went straight into like climbing up a hill so we were kind of able to settle into a pace quite quickly um and yeah it was just it was like every every bit had its different challenges really um John said at the beginning he was like oh once you get to kind of checkpoint two you've kind of done the hardest part then so I think the checkpoints were at like six miles and then it would be another eight miles and then six miles and then there was another checkpoint so but yeah we went up this big kind of mountain before you got to checkpoint two wow Um, and it's just the terrain like it's either you know you've got sort of farmland and it was really muddy and slippery so I slipped over a couple of times (laughs) (laughs) particularly like I find the uphill's good, like we like doing the uphills, but obviously the downhill's the tricky bit. Because even when you're like, well, I could I could run this, but then when you've got a dog that's <laughs> pulling you as well, you end up skating around. So yeah, we had this big sort of climb up this mountain and it wasn't steep, but it just kept, it just seemed to go on forever. And it was really, really windy as well. So that was that was challenging. You just thought, oh, I do I even like mountains? I don't think <laughs> I can tell you no after the last few days. <laughs> I don't think I like this. But we it, we were actually really lucky because we came like after the race, we heard people were like they had hail after us. Oh, oh wow. 
So, and I think, I mean, yeah, we were really lucky. And I think that but that's like kind of the amazing thing about doing these kind of races and especially ones where you're going into the mountains. Like the weather can just, you can look across and the weather will be completely different. Like on one side, you're like, oh, look, it's like completely black over there. So you can kind of see the weather. And yeah, it's very un- unpredictable, really. So can I can I ask you just sort of going back a bit? What did you do for um, fueling him before you started started? So um, he will have. He's not. He's not like a huge foodie. To be fair, he um, he's kind of like he always has. So he has like some wet food, which he's always like wants to have that, and then he always has kind of some kibble. Um, which when he's at home, he'll kind of sort of take it or leave it. Um, so I tried to give him like a bit more of his like wet food in, you know, the, like the evening before. Um, and then on the morning he eats, we tried to feed him sort of like two hours before. Yeah. Um, and again, give him a bit more of like the wet food because I know he'll eat that. Whereas the kibble, he'll kind of, he will, he will leave it sometimes. Um, and yeah, we had the last race, long distance race we did before that. He like wouldn't eat beforehand. Oh no! <laughs> like, then I was really worried because I was like, "Blue, we're doing thirty miles. You need to have something to eat beforehand." <laughs> but he's, I think, because when he runs um, with his owner as well, they tend to run first thing, so he'll eat when he comes back. Yeah. So yeah, sometimes he's just yeah, he's not um, he's not fast, but he will if you give him kind of the meat, like he'll eat that generally. Um, so yeah, he had that like a couple of hours before we raced. Um, and then he has a few, like I tend to take some kind of treats like with us. Um, and then they're always trying to give him cocktail sausages and things at the uh, oh yeah <laughs> at the checkpoints. <laughs> <laughs> and we did um we tried um I think it's called Pemic Can, like a it's kind of like an energy drink. Bar thing for dogs. Drink, yeah. Um so I'd given him that before on one of the other races, but I wouldn't say that. It, I don't think he really needed it. It didn't seem to make any difference, really. I think he's, yeah, he's pretty, he's pretty energized. Um, we've started using squeezy cheese. <laughs> That's uh, for the beginning of the race because he gets really, really excited. Um, and the longer we have to wait, the more difficult it becomes to like manage him. <laughs> so um, he just, I've got to the point on some of the races where he's so excited, I'll be holding on to his harness and he's like trying to back out of his harness because he's like, I can't oh, wait man. anymore. So um, I've started using like this, the squeezy cheese and that's like, that's that worked quite well. Um, so then he had a little bit of that on route as well. If we're doing kind of a downhill that's steep, that helps as well to sort of get him to go, get him to go behind me. Yeah. So, but yeah, he doesn't eat, he doesn't really eat much on route, just a few like, no, that's interesting. Yeah. What about hydration? Because there's a lot of hydration drinks out there. Do you, do you use any of those? Um, for the dog, no. Um, I yeah, have tried. Yeah, I'm <laughs> not worried about you. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, we haven't actually tried anything. Um, it was. I think he's pretty good at. He'll kind of drink, I guess, little and often. So we have to. I kind of. I do watch him. You don't want him to drink too much at once, and um, then you can have issues sort of with the bloating. But he tends to, he I will carry water, but he's very reluctant to drink water that you've brought with you. He much prefers to see all the natural stuff. So yeah. 
um, the race we did in Wales was really good because it was there was water everywhere. <laughs> so he has to be pretty uh, desperate to want to drink water that I've brought with us. <laughs> so yeah, he'll tend to avoid that. But there was, you know, there was like water everywhere. So he was just having a little drink out of the puddles, and there was bits of like river and things where he got in and had a bit of a drink. So yeah, we haven't actually tried any of the kind of hydration things. Yeah, no, I've, I've used them uh, a bit and I tried a pre-run. It was Mam, I'll probably say this wrong, uh, Mammut, I think that's right, um, is that they do a pre-run. Because like we were out, you know, doing the, the Southwest Coast, Southwest Coast Bath, we're out all day and you just, you know, pickle doesn't drink necessarily first thing. So you sort of want to get that in them. But um, yeah. yeah, it's interesting. Um, we're going to get them on soon. So uh, we can ask a little bit more about yeah. that. Yeah. So, so is the race put on kind of fueling for dogs at the aid stations, or was it just all for humans? Um, it was. I think they had. They did have like some dog biscuit, and yeah. then they had like um, cocktail sausages and things. Which is, yeah, I think on the race, no dogs going to turn those down, are they? <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. The races we've done, that's kind of quite standard. They usually have kind of like sausage rolls or um cocktail sausages and I don't think they're specifically for the dogs but no. the ears are always like can I give them a treat <laughs> <laughs> blue sat there like impeccably like <laughs> he's gonna have a snack <laughs> uh, so how how had you done ultra uh, ultra marathons by yourself before have you only done them with the dog uh yeah so yeah I did so the year after I did my marathon which would have been 2017 um it was funny I had I had a new colleague at work and she was a runner and I was like do you want to do an ultra marathon with me <laughs> and then I was like I knew we were going to be friends because she said yeah. yes yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah so that was 2018 we did the Isle of Wight challenge oh wow so we did it as like a two-day event so it's um 65 miles but you run half of it and then you camp in between and then you run the other half so We've done that. And then after that, I did the, I've done Endure 24 up in yeah. Leeds. So there is a Reading one as well, but we've done the Leeds one. So I did it a couple of years. I did it as a team event. But then I think, yeah, 2019, I decided to sign up solo to that. So I'd done that. I did 65 miles um, and cried quite a bit on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I thought this wasn't a good idea <laughs> but then yeah then we'd had kind of COVID so everything had kind of stopped um I think in terms of ultra running I think 30 miles is a good distance for me <laughs> and how does it compare doing one with a dog and one without which do you prefer um I definitely prefer being with the dog um I think like I'm, I'm I'd say like quite a slow runner uh, quite a, certainly a slow long distance runner um and I found like quite a lot of the races I did last year you are on your own for a lot of it um it's kind of funny because I'm like there's been races when I've been on my own and I've been like oh I'm really annoyed because I'm on my own and everyone's yeah. faster than me um and then when you catch up to someone I'm like oh no now I'm gonna have to speak to this person <laughs> <laughs> So you're like, I want to be with other people. And then you're like, oh, I don't actually want to speak to anyone. <laughs> so but I think being with the dog, I just think they're like the best long distance companions because they don't have any kind of expectations of you. <laughs> so 
I think Blue doesn't mind whether I talk to him or not. <laughs> I don't feel like I don't have to make conversation. I mean, he probably thinks I talk far too much on a <laughs> on a race with him. But and it's also nice. I think when we've done kind of mixed races and things as well. I think when you go past other people that everyone always wants to chat to the dog. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. It's always kind of a nice uh, interaction when you've got the dog with you. But yeah, I think you just you sort of think you've got to be more dog because he's just he's always up for it. He always wants to yeah. do it. And you just go. I look at him and I'm like, he's having a great time. <laughs> Remember, it's just a great day out. Yeah. <laughs> You're in those bits that you think I shouldn't have done this. This is a, a mistake. <laughs> So were you with more people when you were doing this one? Because you were, I'm assuming, a bit faster because you got the dog with you. Yeah. So this one, it was, um, so it was kind of pitched very much like it was a good one if you've never, you know, done that distance before. So there was quite a lot of people that were doing it and it was their first time that they'd done kind of marathon distance. Uh, and there was no, there was no like cutoff per se, like you could, you could canny trek it. So quite a lot of people that were doing it did canny trek it. So yeah, I don't. I I think I I know people came in in the dark. I'm not sure what the the last the last person came in at. Um, but yeah, there were people coming in in the dark. So it would because I we did 30 miles over 33 days, like just gone, and they weren't all full days. But that must have taken. Yeah, did stop a bit to be fair. Yeah, and you think. To be out for that long, like that just takes some uh, some commitment. But yeah, yeah, we left at half seven. So um it was before the clocks changed. So yeah, there would have been people still out. Um yeah, I think one of my friends, I think she I think she came in in sort of like 10 hours. Um but yeah, it was I, I said it was like the first one that I've done where like usually in the first couple of miles or so, everything has spread out and I'm nowhere near anyone. Um, and then you kind of catch people up and other people catch you up as you go. But it was the first one, like for pretty much the whole route, there was always someone nearish, or like you could see the next person. And um, so, yeah, it was really nice. And I think just because everyone had dogs with them, you all had that kind of in common. <laughs> so everyone was kind of chat, chatting to each other as we went. Um, and yeah, I met lots of people that they were like, oh, they'd, they'd never done a marathon before so and I said to them I was like well to start with this one <laughs> well done because I was like other marathons are not like this and it was so it was 5,500 feet in wow. which is the most I'd done last year was under 4,000 so I was like it's the most elevation that I've done on a on a on a route like that so yeah I was like if this is your first marathon like any other marathon after this it'd be easy and do people do people use walking poles yeah 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 no there was quite a lot of people that um had walking poles and yeah and I I hadn't I I when I did in Jaws 24 I was going to use them and I borrowed them off my friend and she was saying you have to kind of practice using them so I hadn't used them because I just think I don't think I'd be able to manage them with the dog. No. <laughs> but there were people that that were using them. So yeah. 
Now that's what I was thinking because walking, my friend uses them, but she hasn't got a dog attached. Whereas I'm like, no way, I'd probably trip over. <laughs> yeah, no, I think because I've like struggle enough with the dog and the squeezy cheese and things at the. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah, I think they're one of those things. I suppose um, they're good. You can kind of have them as a backup. Yeah. Um, but I think yeah, from what my friend, my friend who's used them and she does a lot of long distance, she was saying you need to like practice using them first because you have to use them. I guess it's probably different if you're walking compared to running, but I think yeah. you have to use them in kind of a specific way. So, yeah. But, yeah, I think I have enough things to manage without extra things in my hands. <laughs> exactly that. What's, um, how much running did you actually do of the course, sir? Oh, I don't, oh that's a good, a good question. I don't know. <laughs> um, I don't know. I usually go in... And when it's when it's an uphill on an ultra, I usually walk. <laughs> That's normally my plan to go in. Um, but I sort of, I also like. I never really go in with kind of a pacing strategy. I just go like, I'm just going to keep moving at the pace that I'm moving at until I can't move at that pace anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, so we did. We did run as much of the hills that we could that were kind of runnable. We were we were running. Um, but sometimes I think like on that kind of distance, I often will be running and think I could walk faster than this. Yeah. <laughs> but I find if you set into kind of like a rhythm, even if it's a really slow run, it's e like easier to keep going. Whereas I think I, when I came into checkpoint two, I had to stop. Um, well, I didn't have to stop. I stopped because it was a checkpoint. <laughs> um, and I'd, I'd fallen over in a bog because I have dodgy ankles. <laughs> And I rolled one of my ankles. Um, and that, when I rolled it, I think I sort of like tweaked something in the other leg. And I was like, oh, this doesn't feel good. But I thought I'll keep like sort of, we'll, we'll run it off eventually. And I always say like, when you do long distance, I'm like, whatever's hurting at the moment, you'll have forgotten about it in a couple of miles because something else will be. Yeah. <laughs> you'll have something else to worry about. So, <laughs> so um, but yeah, when I came into the checkpoint, everything sort of like, stiffened up because I'd stopped and then it was a big hill out of it so we had to walk up it and I would like I was trying to stretch it and I was like nothing seems to be doing anything here um but once we'd got back into like a a run a very slow run again it was fine and I actually found every time I was walking that's when it was kind of it was hurt. hurting more so yeah. but yeah I think yeah I find if you can get into a rhythm even if it's you don't think it's really running <laughs> it's good if you can kind of stay in that rhythm but yeah we tried to run as much as possible um and even because I was quite worried about the downhills because we'd done um one of John's events back in October and we did this one downhill then and it, it I don't I think it had stopped raining at the time but it was like it was basically like a waterfall <laughs> It wasn't a waterfall, but it was just like a really rocky downhill waterfall. And it was quite, it was in like the first few miles as well. So blue was like fresh. <laughs> um, so, and I was, I was really worried. I get, I find the downhills the most challenging and you end up, it's like the more you panic, the worse it becomes. <laughs> so I need to learn to sort of go with it a bit more. But this, the downhills on the, the long one, I was actually quite surprised. I found like, they were challenging and they were slippery, but there wasn't any sort of really steep descents. So, so yeah, but I probably ended up walking more of the downhill bits. <laughs> yeah. And was Blue still, 
Was Blue still pulling to the end? He was, yeah, he was up in, so this, I'd say it's probably the first one we've done where he, oh, we did, we did another one back in December um, with Badger Trail events, which was, it snowed. <laughs> so, and that was, that wasn't a very hilly one. Um, and that one, he was, he was up in front because, yeah, it was, it was like his perfect weather <laughs> for running. Um, but yeah, so this is the, like for the elevation and things, I was amazed that he was still in front. I remember we came into this bit where it was like a wood and there was like a really long downhill. And I was just like, I can't, I should be able to run at this pace down the hill, but I just, my legs are just not doing <laughs> what I want them to do. And he was just out in front and I was just like, he's just amazing. Like he's just, his, um, his just fitness and like the fact, yeah, because he, he will drop back if it's like a really steep hill he has dropped back and things but I think it very much depends on the temperature as well um because yeah. yeah some of the races we've done that was sort of like maybe April time last year um it was yeah it ended up being hotter than we would have more liked it to have been but yeah when we had the sort of climbs but this one he was just yeah he was out in front the whole time <laughs> so yeah, we had a, we got a bit stuck at the end because we um well I got really annoyed because the man um we came out of the woods and we had like a mile to go and this man was coming past and he started shouting at me. He was like, Oh, you need to run like this, you need to lean forward and put your head down. And I was I was like, what? I was like, I'm okay, thanks. And then he continued going, No, 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 you need to do this. And I was like, I don't. I don't really want that right now. Like, I don't think you giving me advice. So I was really mad about that. <laughs> and that was in, like, the last mile. I was like, I've run 29 miles. <laughs> wow, who was he? I wonder if you've ever run this far with yeah. a dog that's, like, nearly 45 kilograms pulling you. <laughs> You'd probably not be on your best form. <laughs> uh, and then they had, in the last, like, half a mile, there was two styles. Oh, really? <laughs> And that's like, you, you know, you just don't, that's just not what you want when you, uh, you've run 29 miles. But, and we ended up, there was another um, woman and her dog was, the style, none of the styles on the event, you could get the dogs like through. They had to go over all of them. So that was probably like the most difficult thing, I think, of the day. Blue is great because he will jump over them. But I know there were people with dogs that were nearly his size that were having to like lift them over. So. Wow. I salute them to be able to do that. Yeah, it's a bit of weight lifting at the end of an ultra. Yeah. Need. But yeah, we got, um, we were behind this woman with her dog and I heard, we sort of come around the corner and I could hear this dog like screeching and I thought it was, um, there was a big like massive house that we were, so I thought the dog must be in there, it must not be very happy there's all these dogs going past its house. But no, she was, um, she was on the other side of the style trying to get it to go through and it was like having none of it. Um, so um, we, we sort of waited and then we tried to kind of help with that. But then Blue was getting more and more like, I need to go. <laughs> so some other people came along. So, yeah, that was, they were able to like help her. I think one of them was a vet nurse and managed to get it over. <laughs> so that was good. But yeah, she said um, that the dog had never done any styles before. So that's definitely like if you're thinking of doing an event like that, yeah. a long distance one. I think any long distance in the country, you're going to end up with styles at some point. Um, and yeah, a lot of them don't have the bit that you can get the dog through. So it's really no. difficult. And we, yeah, we're lucky because Blue will jump them. But he, um, 
he gets, I think he does it even if we're on like a group run or something, if there's a gate or a style, he's like, I'm being left behind and he like panics. <laughs> so I'm always a bit cautious, like when he is going to jump over something. So I worry that he's going to jump over it and hurt himself. So yeah, it's like trying to keep him calm to go over it. And I was one of the stars was quite lucky because there was two other people had just gone over. So I said, oh, could you just hold him? And they, they were like, oh, yeah, that's fine. Because um, I said, if if you don't, like he's, I'll tell him to wait, but he just can't contain himself. So when I'm trying to get over the style, <laughs> he's then like trying to go while I'm going over. Do you, do you unhitch him to do that? Or No, I haven't. Um, I think I've, I tend to not let him off, like especially if it's these kind of races, because there's always livestock. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and he's not good with sheep. Um, he's not good with deer. Uh, he actually he came off of a farm when he was uh, he was nearly a year old, I think, when they got him. But he'd come off of a farm, so there's been issues with livestock. So, <laughs> uh, right, so yeah, I've never. Whenever we're on like farmland or things, um, I don't let him off. Um, but yeah, there I, there has like I've sort of considered like you know you can tie tie them maybe to to the style or to the gate as you get over as an alternative but in the moment you're like that's going to be fiddly and take time <laughs> so you just I know but I'm like you I, I tend to let her go well I go over first to get her to wait and then then she comes over or comes through or whatever. yeah but, we've, uh, we've tried a mixture of like I tried like getting him to wait but then I think he gets more upset like because I've gone over and yeah. being left behind and um, we have had I've had to let him off there's been a couple of races where I had to let them off because of cows um, and we were getting chased by cows. And like, obviously the race director at the beginning was like, there's a field of cows there. I think they were like, like young bullocks and they were like, they're quite, you know, <laughs> and of course, by the time you get to them and like a few people have gone through, they're yeah. already wound up. So they were like, if you have to let the dogs off, let them off. So I let them, I let them off on one race and he, he didn't, he couldn't work out how to get out of the field at the other side. And then once he did, he just, he just carried on running because he was like, I'm following the person ahead. <laughs> so I was like, come back. <laughs> oh, bless him. <laughs> it's like when you see horses, isn't it? When they lose their rider, they just carry yeah. on. He's so, I mean, he's just so like in race mode. He's like, I'm racing. And it doesn't matter if it's like a person or a person with a dog. He just knows like, i got to keep running. There's someone else. Someone yeah. ahead, I keep running. <laughs> so I was like, I'm very reluctant to let him off because I think I can't really tell you off because you're doing the job that I want you to do. You're running. <laughs> <laughs> but I need you to take me with you. <laughs> so, so tips for ultra running with dogs that we never thought we'd hear. <laughs> Style <laughs> practice and, and cow practice. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah definitely. I think have a, have a plan for if there's cows. Um, yeah I don't like cows no no we're we're not fans of cows so have you got any tips for our, any other tips apart from the cows and the styles <laughs> well I think def- definitely I think go for it like I think you know because there's always the kind of what if and you sort of talk yourself out of doing these things but I think go for it and I think it's especially if you give yourself time so and then you build up like I think get a marathon plan like you can just google and I think if you just add miles on as you go each week or ask Michelle That's yeah. a coach. <laughs> or, or ask a coach yeah 
but yeah I think yeah I just think if you build up gradually and add a few miles each week um and I think look out for like events and what the cutoffs are and things because I think I tend to all the ones I do I always make sure that they have quite like generous cutoffs <laughs> and then I know like well if I get to this point and I have to walk I know I can still like finish and um, this one as I said it didn't really have a cutoff so it's a really good even though it's a hard it was hard because of the elevation and things and the train was difficult um it was really good for you know going at any speeds so I think yeah really building up slowly I think practice what what's gonna whatever's gonna be on the race you need to practice so if it's styles I think that's you know you've got to work out how you're going to get your dog through them or over them if there isn't um if there isn't a bit to get them through think about how you're going to do that um I think a lot of people did pair up and things so the styles they kind of helped each other over the styles and things that's good I think if you can convince a friend to do it with you that's always a good uh, motivation to keep you going I think the dogs do 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 work as a good motivator um and I think yeah think about your kit that you need um there's always I think mandatory kind of kit on these kind of races um John had like a kit list that um he put out right at the beginning for people and I think that's like the important thing is making sure you have good good waterproofs if you're going to do something especially if it's in the mountains but I think if you're going to be out for quite a few hours like getting cold and getting wet is the kind of things that end up stopping you being able to carry on and make you really miserable <laughs> so I think they're the really important things and that again like with your trainers I think making sure you've got good trail shoes and you've tested them <laughs> yeah. and you've used them in your training um and I think if you've got a problem like sort it out as soon as possible I I had like I had a little stone in my shoe and I was kind of like, oh, it'll probably just move and won't be irritating me. But I did that a while back when I was on a short, short run and I ended up with this huge blood blister. Oh, wow. yeah. <laughs> so I was like, even though it wasn't even, it was like a tiny bit of grit, it wasn't even a stone. I was like, I need to stop and get it out of my shoe. And I've had the same like with my, um, the straws on my hydration pack. I've been like, oh, it's rubbing my collarbone. Oh, and then sort of like, I kept pushing it, but didn't, sort it out properly and then I had a big sort of like chafe on my collarbone <laughs> so it's kind of like if something's irritating you <laughs> sort, it out. sort it out at the time rather than think oh I'll worry about that later or it's, it's not that bad <laughs> fantastic yeah that's really sensible advice thanks Ellie so I mean what's next for you and Blue or for, or just for you have you got other plans um yeah so what's next so I'm doing um one of the badge trail events I'm doing Uza Marathon um at the end is it, I think it's at the end of April um Blue and I are going to Pembury this weekend so we're doing the Canics so that'll be like 5k races um so really looking forward to that because there's a beach race on the I think it's on the yeah Monday I want to go and do that one good and um, he's doing the Uza half marathon with his with his mum. Um, so that'll be their first race together. And that's very exciting. Um, and then, yeah, I think. And then in May, I am doing there is uh, Escape from Dartmoor Prison. Oh, wow. So that is a you can, you can either do six hours, 12 hours or 24 hours. Um, and you just run as far as you can away from the prison. <laughs> that sounds brilliant. So, uh, yeah, that's I've only planned up until there because I don't feel like I can plan past it. 
<laughs> well, okay. Um, and aren't they going to do another ultra? Is it in October? Uh, yeah, yeah. Just... So we we've um, we've signed up for that. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, there's yeah. I think I think it's it's like strict limited places again. Um, there's the ultra, but there's also I think it's half the distance. So I think it's I'm not sure what it is in kilometers. I think it's probably about 15 miles. So there's um, yeah, there's two different options. So. Um, there's quite a lot of us going from New Forest so, and from Bournemouth County Cross. That's very exciting. Um, yeah, so we'll, uh, we'll we'll see how we get on with that. I think um, there's only about 30 spaces left. So. Oh, really? Ooh. <laughs> yeah, so it's, uh, it, and it, yeah, it sold out last time. So I think a lot of people were like, I'm never doing that again. And then as soon as it, I, find, I think that's the thing you get after these races, you go, I'm not doing that again. And then Monday comes around and you're like, Oh, what am I going to do? I need to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to the end of season now. I think I'm, I feel like raced out this season, but we've got one more to do. So we'll, yeah. we'll do that. I think um, we, um, we'll get into, I'm quite looking forward to you because we kind of paddleboard, but over the winter, I, I swim over the winter, but I kind of stop. I, there's only so much stuff you can fit in. Yeah. But <laughs> we're yeah. doing... Um, yeah, so we'll get into we'll do swimming and paddleboarding, and we've got um, we're doing the dog the tri dog in September. September, um, yeah, I should do November. that. Yeah, we've got we've got to start trying to do some bike tour soon as well. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, that we've got a good episode on that. With yes. James, yeah, yeah. Go and listen I, to him. I think I might not think Canny Cross is so scary after that. <laughs> yeah, probably not. <laughs> No, but that's that's been brilliant, um, Ellie. Thank you so much. And I'm sure um, we'll put, put a link to the... Uh, can you send us the link to the Canicus uh, Ultra? So, yeah. Um, yeah, so we can get that out. But is there anywhere people can follow you on social media? or? Yes. Um, yeah, so I am Ellie um, underscore this girl can run. Oh, brilliant. And and we'll put all that in the show notes um, so that um, you can you can uh, follow Ellie and Blue, a borrowed dog, Blue. Blue does have his own Instagram, but oh. um, he's a bit slack on the content. He's got more of a social life than me. <laughs> I always tag him in. <laughs> oh, bless, bless. But thank you. And I hope that encourages some people to go out and give um, longer distances um, a go. Yeah, no, probably will. Yeah. Thank you so much and uh, we will see you again soon in the next episode. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. And if you get a moment, please leave us a review. We'll see you next time on Canny Cross Conversations. Thank you to our sponsor, Get Stronger, Run Faster 5K. Find out more about the course at the link in the show notes. It's great for canny crossers and runners to improve their 5K time and keep up with the dogs. And it will really help you to enjoy running more and avoid injury.